Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grow With Us. Grow With Us is a podcast that focuses on the talent-focused mission of In Tulsa, a talent advising organization for startups, local businesses, and expanding corporations. My name is Evan Barton, and I will be your host each week, where I'll be joined by a guest who is making a difference in Tulsa by furthering our mission of creating equitable opportunities via technology, innovation, and strategic partnerships. This week, we are in conversation with Director of Special Projects at in Tulsa, Mary Beth DeWitt, who will be chatting with me about our business development efforts, candidate preparation for taking on new opportunities, and everything Tulsa. Welcome, Mary Beth. It's so great to have you on. Thanks, Evan. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Mary Beth is one of my favorite people. Just in the short time I've I've known her, like we're already almost BFFs, which is really cool to be say that about someone you work with. So we get I'm each really, other's humor. Yes, I'm really glad to have you on today, and we're gonna get we're gonna get into some stuff that I think is gonna be really helpful for a lot of people today. So I hope you're ready. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> How about you just go ahead and start us off with uh, your story, kind of in whatever way you want to tell us. Yeah, I have an interesting story. I am a native Tulsan, love the city, actually went to undergraduate in Texas, and then worked for a little bit, got married, and then went and got my grad degree at the University of Tulsa. Yay, yay. Yes. Rain uh, cane, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I was older and married and had my first child. So, you know, I wasn't as wild and crazy yet to you. You can still have fun. (laughs) (laughs) We still had fun. After I got my MBA, I was looking for companies that were headquartered in Tulsa. I really wanted to do mergers and acquisitions. I really wanted to focus on business development. And I found Penwell Corporation, which uh, was a family-owned business, uh, global media, went in, started working, um, and did that for many years. I had a ton of opportunities. I grew every year. So talking about growing with us, I really had that opportunity to do all these different things and kind of changed my whole career trajectory, working with an outside consultant and kind of moved into operations and got to then be on that side of the business and really streamlining efficiencies. I worked all over the world. I filled up two passports. I have literally been all throughout Asia and Europe and Africa and Latin America and done such amazing things. But I was doing trade shows, right? So I was at a hotel or at a convention center. I was never just like immersed in the city. Mm -hmm. And then after 103 years, 105 years, the company that was family owned decided to sell and just rocked my world. I'd been there for 17 years. I was part of the executive team, just amazing, amazing people and opportunities. And so then I had to start working with brokers in New York and find a new buyer, which was like gut-wrenching and exciting and all these different emotions and worked with the new company for about two years and really worked hard to keep our talent in Tulsa which is fascinating where I am now. So we'll, we'll skip to that part in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, we had a very strong employee base and very qualified employees. And initially, the new owners wanted to move everyone out of Tulsa. And while we did have, you know, a big layoff, we actually were able to save 130 jobs in Tulsa and move into a new building and build it out and really invest back into the city, yeah. which I felt was a great place and legacy to leave. But then eventually just felt like it wasn't the right fit for me anymore. And it was time for me to go grow personally and spiritually and figure out what that meant. So I took some time off and 
look where I am now, less than a year later. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I think you're really a pioneer for what we're doing with our mission here at, in Tulsa. So I that's can awesome. really, yeah, I experienced it, right? I mean, personally, I experienced it. I hired, you know, hundreds of people in nearly 20 years in the city, wow. all different levels of employees. So I've been the one hiring. I've been hired. I've worked globally. I've built, you know, really done economic development in all these fabulous cities but I've never had the opportunity to do it in my own hometown. So that's what's super exciting. And you are now. I am now. That's so cool. And I, I just want to speak to, I want to speak to one part that you said that you would do at your old company that I, I just have to highlight about your work ethic is that streamlining efficiencies is like literally, it should be your middle name. Like it's, <laughs> it's you, not very pretty. <laughs> I know. Well, we'll make, we'll find a way to make it flow better. But like, I, I don't feel like I've ever worked as efficiently as I've worked with, as I've worked when I work with you. Like we just like have synergies and I think that you just really know how to get things to a finish line and get things to a point where it's, it's going to be ready to go. Like that's, and that's huge, like especially on a team where there's so many moving parts and we have uh, in Tulsa kind of like a small team. So a, a, just someone that can really execute. I don't want to call you like an executioner, but, <laughs> but you're the executor in like a, in the best way possible. <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's a really important point. I think with startups or even companies that are established, like Penwell was, you know, over a hundred years, but every type of entity needs to operate at its highest efficiency, um. not only for the bottom line, but more importantly for their employees. And when you really can just go in there and listen to what are the challenges, it's most of it is like not rocket science. Yeah. It's not like you're trying to come up with the cure for cancer. We're unfortunately that we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. But but what we're doing is we're trying to find where the bottlenecks are, find out where the double work is. And there's so many amazing visionaries. And that's not me. I'm not that visionary. I'm not the entrepreneur. But I am the one that can work with teams to really help unleash what the opportunity is if we kind of optimize our workflows and our processes mm -hmm. and our systems. And I think every company, regardless of what size, needs that. I think you gave us a great segue into kind of our next, my next question of just telling us more about your journey to in Tulsa. I, I, I would love to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it was bumpy and unusual. So you know, and I think, you know, it really plays into the theme of what we're talking about. So when I talk later about different things that that candidates can do, I did these things. Yeah. So, you know, I when I stepped away from a 20 year career of doing many different things in B2B, global media, working around the world, it was what do I do next? Right. It was I really was at a part in my life that I was like, I know I don't want to do this, but what do I want to do? So it was really important for me to figure out where I was going to find my passion again. Mm. And I had to step away for a little bit. And I took some time off, which was great. I had that luxury. I know a lot of people don't get to, but after 20 years, you get a nice little severance that uh, helps you for a few months. Yeah. So I was able to do that. And I have a serving heart. Like for me, what motivates me is helping other people reach their goals. Like I was never a salesperson, am never a salesperson, but I had some of the best salespeople who worked for me yeah. in our company because I knew how to get rid of the obstacles to enable them to flourish. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, it looked like I was doing something amazing. I wasn't doing anything other than clearing their path, right? So it's like, I'm that big, whatever tractor that is that goes in and scoops Mm -hmm. everything away and gives them a clear path to just run. So I was trying to figure out how do I take that and apply it somewhere else? And of course, being a native Tulsa, I knew all about George Kaiser and the Family Foundation and all the initiatives. It was much harder to go from for-profit to non-profit than I thought it would be. Mm, I thought people would be like, oh my gosh, look, she has all these great skills. But they really are like, well, you don't know our world. And, you know, so I really worked my network and I have an amazing network, an amazing Rolodex, which... A lot of young people don't know what Rolodex is. Evan has no idea what a Rolodex is. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, it's the electronic leaked in now. But it literally used to be on your desk with little pieces of paper in alpha order for all you youngins, (laughs) including my children, which would have no clue. But I really work that network and I talk to people who could get me in front of the right people after many months and applying it all these different places, because then I started going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I've got to do something, right? I can't just be home. I got in front of Jeff Stava and had a great conversation. And then he connected me with Ben Stewart, which he's amazing and brilliant and has all these great ideas. And that happened like right before Christmas. And um, Ben was like, well, would you be interested in consulting? Which was interesting. This was an interesting theme that I kind of got with everybody that I talked to. It was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you've done M&A and finance and strategy and operations and you should consult. And I was like, what? I'm not yeah. an entrepreneur. I said I don't want to do that. I want to be the driver of everybody else's ideas. Yeah. But I did that for a few months and got to work with the Tulsa Remote Team, which is another amazing initiative. Amazing people. Really great team. And I was brought in to help do the same thing, right? Optimize inefficiencies, look at systems, you know, because like most startups, everybody just jumps in and does everything. But sometimes Mm -hmm. you're duplicating efforts and not being efficient. And then Meg Thomas asked me after a few months, can you consult with us too? And it just kind of rolled into now I'm at Intulsa and now I get to do it full time. And yeah, we have an amazing team. So it's so exciting. We're so glad to have you, obviously. I mean, I've sung your praises to many, many a folk, and it, they've also already been praised on this podcast, too, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I think you highlighted a lot of really cool things that I want to touch on. Like for candidates and just for people listening, I think it's important to consider when is a good time to have a break and really assess those things. You know, for me, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's really interesting to have that introspection on where you're going and being able to take the time to do so. Like you said, you spoke that. It was a privilege to kind of have that time to take off. And some people don't have that that privilege. And I guess that what I think is important to know is that you don't have to find it tomorrow. You don't have to find it next week. You just have to slowly build up that understanding of who you are and what you want. And you, I think what you said very beautifully was just, I knew what I didn't want to do and I had to find what I wanted to do. And that, you know, when I graduated last year, that was what I was struggling with because I was like, I know what I don't want to do. I know the types of jobs that don't fit with who I am personally. But then I just really had to find out a bunch of things that I that I either didn't want to do. You just keep that list of things you don't want to do gets longer. But the things that you find yourself good at also becomes longer at the same time because you're building skills, you're building connections, you're building a network. All of those things I felt like are were super game changing for my just 
career jumpstart. And then also for you, kind of game-changing skills to have 20 years into a career. So obviously, I really loved what you just said. Uh, Well, thank you. (laughs) I think it's a really good question. And I think it's different for everybody. So I think it would be, you know, unfair to say, oh, this is the way it always should be. I think it's important that you really try to stay in tune with who you are. I think that it's so easy to let your career dictate you and let somebody else be in charge of your career. And I would just caution everyone, young, middle career, end of career, that a company is always going to take what they can get. They can because there's so many employees who don't give it all. So when they have employees like you are and like I hope I am, you know, they're going to keep giving you more and more because they know you're going to get it done and they have you have that integrity. And so it's really important that you know for yourself when it's no longer fulfilling to you. Either is it serving you intellectually? Is it serving you spiritually? Is it serving you financially? You know, it's not always going to be in balance. It's just not. You know, it's like the typical 80-20, right? There's always pieces of our job. You and I had this conversation earlier, right? There's always pieces of a job that you're like, oh, you're putting it off. You don't want to do it. It's not your favorite part. But if 80% of your job, 70% of your job, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm killing this. This is so aligned with where my energy is, where I want to put my energy. That is amazing. And that is rock star. And when you get that out of alignment all the time, you're going to have weeks, you might even have a month. But when you're at a point where I'd spent two years and I knew my goal was to save my team and to keep Tulsa relevant for this company because I saw the value. But then beyond that, I didn't see my place. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to understand that it's not the company's job to find that for you. Mm -hmm. It's your it's your job to find. Yeah. Take take your own destiny into your hands. Like an entrepreneur at a startup. I mean, everybody has their vision. Right. And you fit for a period of time. I mean, me having a 20 year career, that is not very common (laughs) at the same company. And I don't even know that I would say you should do that. Right. I think to your point. You know, the more different things you say yes to, the more you figure out, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, traveling all over the world. This is great. This is awesome. In reality, it's not that cool. It's hard. Oh, my gosh. It's hard. I've never been out of the country. And and when you tell me some stories, I'm like, wow, that was probably stressful. But what do you think is the most positive change that's happened to Tulsa since, you know, kind of as a lifelong Tulsa and you've seen it in lots of different phases. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on on what do you think has been the biggest one? Yeah, I think, you know, the most positive thing is change. I think the fact that Tulsa recognizes areas that need improvement or maybe we weren't happy with the way things turned out or want to really do better. You know, I'm a firm believer when you know better, do better. So I really love that about Tulsa. I love that it's constantly changing we talked about me looking for efficiencies and streamlining, you know, that's all about being an agent of change. So for me, it feels right at home. So to have things downtown change all the time, and there's just so much robustness of our city, 
in all different areas and in the north part of the city and the south part. And I just feel like there's so many different things going on, excluding the traffic and the roads that are constantly going on, which I'd be okay if those weren't changing all the time. That's a little painful. But besides that, I, I love that we change. I love that we evolve. I love the mission of in Tulsa specifically around diversifying the companies that are here. I think that's amazing. I think the partnerships with the different universities that Tulsa Innovation Labs is doing, I mean, those are so many positive changes. I don't think we tell enough people about it because, you know, even as a native Tulsa, there were so many things that until I joined our team, I didn't even know, you know, and I hate that because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. It's like these great secrets that we keep. How do you, yeah, how do you be an informed person with all this network? I mean, it, it does feel like it favors the people that work in it a little bit, but I, I think that it's our job to also tell people that aren't in it what's going on. I, I love telling people about a Tulsa Remoto that I met that, I, you know, I bought his washer and dryer from him. Like, that's so cool that I was able to do that just because there are people coming to town and there are people coming to town with the skill set and the that spirit of change is kind of the thing I've noticed in five years. Just there are people that are here in Tulsa passionate about the city changing. And like you said, change can be the most positive thing for a city. So I, I think that the energy is really important for me. I'm just going to answer the same question I asked you if that's okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Evan, what is your perspective? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The, you're the first person that's ever asked that. I mean, obviously I give it regardless, but... <laughs> I think this is the part that I'm really excited to talk to you about because I get lots of positivity and encouragement from you and I'm ready and I'm really, really excited that you can share that with other people too. So we're going to kind of jump into a portion of career readiness. Mary Beth, when you think about career readiness, what do you think is the biggest challenge that candidates can overcome? Yeah, I think for, for candidates, the biggest challenge is actually being prepared and doing your homework. I know homework is a really bad word and bad connotation. Nobody wants to do homework. But as a person who was a hiring manager, interviewed lots of people, I knew immediately, honestly, within less than five minutes, if the candidate that was sitting in front of me, and you have to remember, I was probably the final interview, was really prepared. And By that preparation, it's many facets, right? I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, I've got my five questions written down that I want to ask. I've got my, you know, fabulous interviewing outfit ready to go. I know how I'm going to look. It really is more about understanding the company that you're interviewing for and understanding how you fit there. And I think one of the things that candidates get caught up in is trying to really just respond versus listening to the questions and thinking through it and not just talking to talk and control the conversation. And that changes when you're prepared. When you're prepared, you walk in with a level of confidence that you're being interviewed, but you should also be interviewing. Yeah. And I don't think candidates many times go in with that perspective. And I think as soon as you get prepared and you really understand, this is my fit, these are my transferable skills, this is why you need me, this is why I would like to work here. And there's so many different ways, which I think we're going to talk about to, to really be prepared. But for me, that's it. And 
I don't think I'm unlike most hiring managers that they know pretty quickly if you're really prepared for the conversation or if you're just thinking on the fly and tossing things out you think you want, you know, you want them to hear. Being prepared is subjective because you can go in with the idea that I looked at the company's website and I read the job description and my resume reflects the job description. But does that mean that you're prepared? It's it's hard to know. I, I think when you get in there, that confidence is sometimes what's lacking, even though you feel prepared. The the research piece, the all of those things that you're saying are like just one part of a holistic process, which is why this is so daunting because you're also doing this in conjunction to maybe upholding another job that you have where you have responsibilities that, you know, take up 40 hours of your week or you have kids. And I I think what I'm trying to highlight here is that the job application process is challenging and we we all know this. And it's important to understand like what energy you can put into and kind of what energy you have to put into making it worthwhile for your for your time. And that's challenging. Yeah, it is challenging, but I think it's also putting the energy in the right places. So the first thing I would point out based on what you said was reading a job description, reading a company's website. So think about it. If it's you and 10 other people, all 10 of you are going to have done that. So what's something different that you can do that you don't think they've thought of or that they haven't done or they haven't taken that next step? So instead of spending that time reading a company website, which you and I talk about all the time, a company website is great Mm -hmm. and it's very informative, but it's stagnant, right? I mean, no one is going there every single day and they're updating it. And what you want to do, instead of reading a company website, take those 15 minutes and research press releases, Mm -hmm. research the company's social media. What is the CEO you know, tweeting about? What's the COO tweeting about? What are the responses on Glassdoor about the company? Think about unique places to find up-to-date information because then you're going in and you're talking about things that they talked about yesterday. Hey, Mr. Smith, your CEO just said that you guys are expanding into XYZ and you're looking for five top salespeople who can do this, this, and this. I'd like to highlight that I've done that. I'd like to show you where I is. I mean, the fact that the person sitting in front of you may not even have seen that tweet. So think about putting your energy in places that are unique, not necessarily expending more energy, but putting the energy in the place that's going to make the difference and is a different position of getting information than somebody else would. Exactly. I mean, this is this is the proactiveness that I think comes sometimes not naturally to folks. I think that's something happens when we're in high school or just where we're first looking for jobs, maybe it's in college, that you get this idea of how this process is supposed to go. It's interesting, my sister is kind of going through this process right now of trying to find a part-time job. And you you get the resume, you think that the place is going to be a fit, so you send it off, and then, you, and then it's crickets. And then you're like, what do I do now? Like, this is this is a process that has been, you know, going on for so many years. Like, you send an application, they let you know yes or no. And the proactiveness piece comes from calling them and saying, hey, can I, can, I'm just checking on the status of my application. I mean, I've been doing that since I started getting jobs back in like when I was 16 or 15 or whatever. And you just don't think that there are pieces of the process that are actually like 
uns- they're basically unspoken check marks, you know? Yeah. They need to, you need to check in on the status of your application. You need to go deeper into like tweets and press releases about what a company is doing because you're understanding more about why you fit there. I think like technology has changed so much every year, right? It's so different. When I was in high school, which I don't want to date myself, but when I was in high school, we didn't have cell phones, right? Mm. So in thinking about what you were taught in high school about what an application process is and how even in college, you know, career placements and what that looks like, felt your resume, have an amazing cover letter, you know, talk to this, make sure you don't have grammatical issues or errors in there. At the end of the day, today, there's not a human reading your resume. It is an applicant tracking system. It is a technology software that is looking at words on your resume compared to words on a job description. And if it doesn't see a certain percentage or certain words the right way, you're not even going to get there. I feel like I have a lot of confidence. I feel like I have a lot of skills. I feel like I have a lot of expertise. I've literally worked around the world. And I had crickets when I was sending out resumes. And I was like, what is going on? But at the end of the day, Again, it goes back to put your energy in a place that's going to matter. You sending out resumes and trying to get through this ATS system is probably not going to be what gets you your job. Mm -hmm. What gets you a job is what generally happens anywhere is a connection. A connection, a human to human connection is almost always going to give you further in life, in relationships, and in your career than anything you can do on paper. And it makes a huge difference. So instead of sending it to the ATS, not to say you're not going to have to, but think about it this way. If go to a new city and you're like, we need to go to dinner and there's these restaurants. Are you more likely to go to a restaurant that a friend told you about or a friend of a friend said, oh my gosh, you're in Chicago, go here versus just blanketly going to pick one? You're always going to go with recommendation. So if you work your network, which is going to be the most valuable thing that you can do in when you're looking for a job, when you're not looking for a job, you know, some of the best advice I, I was given is look for a job like you don't need one and just connect with people. It opens these doors. And before you apply at a job, look at LinkedIn, look at your social media, look and see who you know who works at that company. Or look at who your friends know who works at that company. Almost anybody you ask, if they're truly a friend, is going to take five minutes to introduce you to, oh, the hiring manager is XYZ versus you just blanketly going and doing that. So these are the types of tips that I feel like within Tulsa and with our talent partners allow you to really grow in your knowledge and not just go through the process. and. These are all tips that you can take with us beyond what you're currently looking for. So that is a way more valuable use of your time for your sister, for you. I would have not made it into GKFF's, you know, environment and initiatives had I not worked by network because I don't have any nonprofit experience and I had to get someone who believed in me to talk to somebody else who would give me a shot at having a conversation, and then it's on me to sell myself. Mm -hmm. But me just sending blanketly to not-for-profits was getting me nowhere. Yeah, I think, oh, I love what you just said about how 
you know, you, you got to get past that ATS system. And sometimes you're sending out all these resumes, just waiting for that opportunity to really sell yourself. Because I, I really relate to that fact of, or just that perception that I have of myself, which is, you know, one of confidence. Like I'm confident in what I can do for this, for this career. I just need to get in front of someone to tell them. And that can be really, really discouraging. Just just thinking that there's someone out there saying no to you all the time. And that's but it's not, not, it's it's not a someone. It's a, it's a computer. Exactly. It's a computer who didn't like that word that didn't match with this word. I kid you not. I have had an experience where I reached out to somebody. I had applied and got the within 48 hours. Nope, your skills don't match. And I'm like, literally the exact same thing. And I've done it for 10 years. But yeah. okay. But then, you know, it was just slower connecting with someone. They're like, oh, my gosh, you would be amazing. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got this rejection letter. They're like, oh, that was just the ATS. I mean, so it literally, it's just important for you to know, first of all, no one's rejecting you personally. It's a system. And you're never going to know that particular algorithm of what they put in there. So unless you're on the inside, you're not going to know what words to use on your resume or your cover letter. Mm -hmm. So the best thing you can do is get someone advocating for you. Just like we're ambassadors of Tulsa, you need ambassadors of Evan. And, you know, you need ambassadors who are going to walk that resume over to the hiring manager and say, you're not going to be disappointed if you talk to this person. So it goes back to don't waste your time on things that are ineffective. And they may say, okay, go ahead and apply. Okay, great. But at least you've got an inside track. And at least you know a name of someone, even if they're like, they won't introduce you, but they'll tell you who the hiring manager is. Then you can use your detective skills and go to them directly, send them a LinkedIn message. And recruiters and talent partners, their job is to find the right person. So they're looking for that. They're, and think about it. If it's a sales job, you're selling yourself. You're showing how capable you are of getting to the decision maker. I mean, is there a better skill? Yeah. To I, showcase. I mean, you're right on with just you have to be the you have to be the first person to sell yourself. And that might not be in that, you know, right where we're at right now is that Zoom window. Yes. That might not be the best place for you to sell yourself. I obviously you need to have skills in order to do it on that platform, but you know, it sometimes takes hard work outside of that. And it's it's not even hard work. It's just the right work. It but is. And I think that's where we've created at, in Tulsa this candidate prep packet. You know, and one of the values of working with us is is we give you access to some of these great tools to be able to really understand some of these tips and and ways to get around these things that are blocking you. Again, you know me, I'm trying to clear the path for everybody. So it gives you some of those time-tested tricks not everything's going to be successful, but just think about it as a way to just clear one gate, move on. It's it's opening the doors and giving you different ideas of how to approach the job search. And it's not necessarily harder. I mean, reading press releases and looking at tweets and looking at social media, that takes a lot less time than trying to dig through a website and understand the products and understand the structure of the executive team and understand what their mission is and what's their competitive advantage. And all those things are valuable, but are they the most relevant? Are they unique and different that someone else, are they going to have done that? Think about what is a way that I'm selling myself completely different than somebody else will. 
She's preaching over here. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're spot on with lots of lots of this advice and you just gave us some good advice, but how about you tell us what is the best advice that you've ever received, whether it's related to the job application process, whether it's a personal piece of advice or just I know advice is subjective, but I just I want to hear your best little nugget. <laughs> that one's hard for me because I feel like I've been given some really amazing advice. I feel like I've had some amazing mentors, which again, I recommend. This is not the advice, but I do recommend everybody get a mentor because I do feel like you need someone who can be really subjective and neutral with you and and give you really candid feedback. And I feel like that's what mentors do really well and leverage their, their wise years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and their network. But the best advice... I think the best advice is always the advice that could apply to anything, just like you said. It's not just work. It's not play. It's, you know, not partnerships or, you know, family. And it sounds really cheesy, but I do believe it, is that you're the captain of your own destiny. Uh, I think it's so important, and it leads back to just my huge philosophy and in, in change and the value of change and to be the change. You're the one that's going to make the difference. And when you give that power over to someone else is when you start going off course. When, you know, I felt myself go off course when I didn't feel like I was in control of my career anymore. I didn't feel like I was in control of the decisions that were being made around my teams and leadership. And that was not the company's fault. So I had to make that change. I had to be the one to really advocate for myself. You know, I have three girls and they're all growing and, and older now. One's even married. But, you know, I tell them all the time, you're not a tree. You're not planted. If you don't like the situation you're in, change it. Move. Doors do not open until other doors close. And that's so hard because you want to leave all the doors open because we want options, you know, and you want, oh, I want that door still open because I may want to go back through it. And but I will tell you until I truly close the door of a 20 year career, I never would have had doors open for me that have that have allowed me to truly change and change personally and change professionally. I think that is so important. And I know it's hard and people like the circumstances that I'm in and I'm not saying it's easy because it Change is hard. Change is hard if it's changing your hair color for women. Let me tell you, that is a hard decision. Um, you know, it is. It's no, so it is. it's complicated, <laughs> right? It's like, do I get bangs or not get bangs? We just did this, my daughter. We had probably 15 whole conversations about does she get the bangs? I'm like, it's just hair. I love it. This. will grow back. But grow with us. <laughs> grow bangs. with us. Yes. <laughs> Allow it to grow. <laughs> I think that's important and it's not easy. And God, some of those changes are hard, but just take a step. Take a step one way. You can always change it. Again, you're not a tree. If you yeah. take that step and you don't like where you land, move again. And it's your step. I think that I think the ownership piece that you're talking about is really, really huge there. Cause what you're saying is you don't want other people to be the, I guess, permitter of your progress, you know? And I love what I love the door analogy too, because most of the time, if you think about it, let's just go right into that analogy. You're the one opening it. You're the one deciding when it's closed and you're the one that's deciding if it's staying open or not. You have to like think about yourself as the 
person making all of those choices and every step of that analogy, you know, of the, the door being open or closed. And that's, I think it's really relevant to a conversation about your career because it's essentially a metaphor for opportunity. And you've got to find where your opportunities are. You have to be the one to make opportunities appear for yourself. And and you've given us great advice on how to how to do that in ways that don't seem demoralizing or devaluing to yourself because you're the one that's choosing it. You're the one in the captain's seat of your own ship. You're the conductor, right? You say when. And yeah. it's hard. And companies should enable that growth and should enable those opportunities. But you decide if you're going to take that step or not. So yeah. I think if you just take that leverage back and that ownership, and it's going to build your confidence because you get to decide. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that where, where we're headed with this conversation is definitely, I, I want people to think about it because I think that you have to have conversations with yourself about, and they have to be honest conversations about your effort and, and especially in, you know, chartering your own destiny and chartering the way forward. So I want to thank you so much for giving us really great advice on how to, how to do that. And I say us because I think that the listeners of Grow With Us will appreciate this. And we're all learning through this process because it's not something that you get and then boom, you're set for life. It's, it's kind of a muscle you have to flex and it's kind of something that you have to grow into, hence Grow With Us. And I think that hearing it in different ways, hearing it from different people, hearing about it from different people's experiences is so valuable. So, Meredith, I obviously want to say thank you. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. If anyone has any questions for you, is there a way that they can reach out to you and kind of, yeah, how, how can people get in touch with Mary Beth? Yeah, completely. Well, I'm at in Tulsa. So I'm marybeth.dewitt at com. but I'm also on our in Tulsa website and I would love to hear from anyone. And, you know, if you're interested in our candidate prep packet, you know, work with your talent partners. We have some great tips and tools that we are more than happy to share. You can find us both on LinkedIn. We're always happy to take a connect there. Mary Beth DeWitt, my guest, Evan Barton on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for your time, Mary Beth, today and sharing with us everything that we discussed. I'd like to plug a few resources for our listeners of Grow With Us that might be of use to you. If you're interested in the candidate prep packet that Mary Beth mentioned in this episode, you can reach out to us at info at in Tulsa to get connected to a talent partner that can send that information your way. If you'd like to stay in touch with us on all of our featured jobs and opportunities in Tulsa, then please join our talent network. By joining our talent network, you let us know you're interested in working with an in Tulsa company, and our talent team will make sure we put the right opportunities on your radar. You can join at talentintulsa.com. That's talent.intulsa.com. Stay tuned for more episodes of Grow With Us about tips and tricks for the job application process, learning more about the amazing communities of support in Tulsa, and the tech and innovation that is attracting people across the country to the heartland.